who are the top international NBA prospects going forward? After the success of Victor Wimbayama, Luka Doncic, and many others, NBA teams are looking for the next great international superstar, maybe even international role player. Stay tuned to find out who the next international prospects your favorite team may be selecting in the near future. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I am at home this week. No traveling for me. I'm just sitting here focusing on content for the 2023 NBA draft. And my guest today, this is the second time on the show, but the second of many, Xavier Van Lierup reporting to you live from Amsterdam. Yes, what's up, sir. X? Yes, sir. What's up? What's up? Good to be okay. back. Yeah. Yeah, man. Glad to, glad to have you on. The first show was a success. Success. So had to definitely um, bring you back on for, like I said, the second of many. All right, but let's let's just get right into this episode. The international prospects are it's it's one of those things that every year people are wanting to know who's the next international prospect. Not every year there's going to be a Luca, there won't be a Giannis, and, and definitely with like more scouting and more eyes all over Europe, you, you it's probably impossible to find another Giannis that literally just comes out of nowhere and and becomes an MVP. But with such focus on the international game, teams have expanded their international scouting team. You know, we go to different tournaments in Europe and you see NBA scouts all over the place. Who are the next group of guys that you believe are the international prospects that we will see one day on an NBA roster? Not necessarily guys. I mean, maybe it can be guys that you that you think that could get drafted. But I'm talking about guys that you think could come in as a rookie or whenever their their uh, buyout situation may be cleared that can come in and play a significant role on the NBA team. Who is your first prospect outside of Victor Wimbayama? We know he's <laughs> we know he's that dude. I was in Vegas yeah. last week watching him. Yeah. Who's next for you? Well if you're talking about uh, the game that you were at, uh you had Tisoko, you had Wimbayama. But you had one guy who really impressed me, and that's Moyafi King. Yeah, he played well. I, he played I, well the second I don't know game. if I pronounce his name right, Moyafi. Mojave, Moyafi like King. the Mojave yeah, Desert Mojave. here. Yeah, he played well the second hey, game. I think he was like second game. leading scorer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Had a big highlight dunk right in front of me, like a tip dunk. So, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a name that I felt like he had such a buzz maybe like two years ago, and then it seemed yeah. to like die down. For the mm -hmm. audience that is not familiar with this game, w w let them know about Mojave King. Well, he's actually uh, he, he's really athletic. Uh, he's athletic. He's he's big. I don't know. He's like six six seven, six six. Actually, for me, this was uh, the first game I saw in a long time uh, against uh, uh, the Metropolitans. But uh, I heard of him when he was at the NBA Academy. Uh, watched one or two couple of games, then he disappeared a little bit. I don't know where he went right out of my head. I think 36ers in the NBL. Uh, 
Canes, but, I think. Uh, I think Canes. I think C A I N S or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really, really familiar with him, but he impressed me the the the, the second game, man. Uh, Scoot was out. He filled his place perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought like That's for what him, I think. He, he grabbed his chance, man. Yeah, he couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. Of course, he wasn't the guy that everybody was tuning in to watch. Um, no. And it was unfortunate for the people that really wanted to see Scoot versus Victor part two after such a impressive first game that uh, Scoot went yeah. out very early bumping knees. But then Mojave came in and I, I honestly don't remember him in the first game. I mean, I don't know if he yeah. didn't get in or I was just so caught up in the, the spectacle, you know, the shootout between the two guys. But the second game, yeah. he... I mean, like, what better situation for him? He goes in, he, I mean, had some athletic plays, filled up the stat sheet, just did a little yep. bit of everything on, on the biggest stage for him. So I think that he definitely put himself in consideration yep. because he was, in my opinion, the forgotten prospect yep. from the Ignite class. Reminded me a little bit of Josh Green. I don't know. Well, I live in Dallas. Huh? You know, Josh Green yeah. is a name Mavs fan. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I can't. I think he went ahead of Tyrese Maxey, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's mm. always going to be a, yeah. a a sore spot for Dallas fans, yeah. especially when <laughs> Tyrese is from Dallas. Yeah. So, so uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but Josh Green was super hyped. I think Mojave has a little bit more game than Josh Green. Yeah. I felt like Josh didn't have any pace. I mean, he just had the size and he had the athleticism. And you thought that, okay, maybe if the shooting comes along, he'll be able to come in yeah. and contribute right away. I mean, he's still young. He still has plenty Just of time. Just Green was more, more businessman. And my, my Epic King was a little bit more creativity. Yeah, yeah, you know? I, I like that. More imagination, yeah. So do you think that Mojave put himself in position to be a, a second-round pick? Or maybe, or do you think he can possibly go even higher? Mm, difficult. It depends also in how much games Scoot will play. Of course, and uh, of course, uh, Sissoko is on his position also. Um, so he has a lot of uh, players or really good talent above him. But well, if if one player gets out and he grabs his chance, who, who might know? Yeah, I have a feeling like like that the that the G League uh, invests more. Correct me if I'm wrong. More time and energy in in Scoot and and uh, get Scoot on the radar. Get um. You know, CD Sissoko on the radar because he played a lot. He played a lot. Yeah. And another thing that I felt like was kind of underrated in that whole situation is that that Ignite team probably only practiced three or four times, if that. They had yeah, just got to right. Vegas maybe mm-hmm. at the most two weeks to 10 days before that. So they, you know, were kind of filling each other out and, you know, okay. don't even know if he really had a fair camp to, to uh, you know, Establish himself as as a as a role player. So yeah, um, and, and they will play what fifty two games now. Yeah, they're they're games? gonna play a full so, full season. So he'll have time. A lot of chances. A lot of chances. Yep. So so after after Mojave King, who is from Australia, which Australia yeah. has been producing talent. I'm not the biggest Ben Simmons guy, but you have to you know <laughs> factor him in as you know he's the number one pick. He's been an all star. You got Josh Giddy. Yeah. Um, they they have produced some talent. I mean, Josh Green, and then you got Dyson Daniels. 
So there's something in in the water in in Australia as far as producing talent. Now, the only thing is like, I mean, I guess Josh and Mojave are kind of like the exceptions in a sense. But when I think of Dyson Daniels and Josh Giddy and Ben Simmons, they're like these oversized ball handlers and playmakers. So it's kind of like yeah. it seems like their their development is like positionless in Australia. Like you're if you're six nine, six ten, they're not saying, hey, you're just going on on the block. You're, you're developing a, a real round, well-rounded skill set. So yeah. I love what they're doing out there. So after after Mojave, who is the next prospect that you think is a not only an NBA player, but a guy that can come in and eventually be a, a rotation player for NBA team? Well, I was uh, in Europe. You also have like one team, a German team that invests a lot of time uh, and energy in young prospects. Um, I'm talking about Ulm. I watched Ulm uh, this week, last week. And yeah, Feder, Federzukic and Juan Nunez in one team. And that's just, it's just, I, it was just beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. You have a, like on the on the guard position, you have Juan Nunez, a magician on the rock. Uh, with the rock, he's passing in between leg between legs, uh, behind the bags. It's just, it's just it's just amazing to see the creativity. And Fede Sukic, man, he's now one of the the main guys. Yeah, Actually, I, I thought he was going to be uh, less less. He's now, I thought he was already going to be the main guys, but now he's he's putting his mark on the team. Uh, shooting uh, open jumpers, uh, running over screens, contesting jumpers, open jumpers, creating for himself, driving hard to the hoop. His athleticism in Europe is also, you know, you can see that his athleticism is, is a little bit more uh, than the the other uh, European uh, talents. A little higher, a little better, stronger. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. I, I watched him. I watched a lot of film with him last year. I did not get a chance to see him live. Um, I, I talked to like his agency a few times to try to schedule like some interviews, but wasn't able to happen. One of the things that I like about him is that he has a defined NBA role as a shooter. Yeah. So you, yeah. you know what you're going to get from him. He's a good shooter from deep. I think that his passing is a little bit underrated. I think he's a good ball mover, maybe not like a creator, but he is a good ball mover. He knows how to, um, you know, just make plays. He has a good feel for the game. Yeah. And I think he can switch has, every position. Yeah. And, and he can shows that he position. can make some plays for himself on occasion. Don't know if that's mm-hmm. going to translate on the next level. But, I mean, he plays hard. Every play. Yeah. He uh, plays hard. Experience. He has uh, experience with pro players, uh, with a men's and with a national team men's and with uh, UM in the BBL. So playing a double competition, Euro Cup. NBBL, so uh, and they had a big uh, win. I think they they beat uh, a team from Italy, right? Yeah, yeah, a team from Italy yeah. a couple of days ago. All right, when we return, I want to talk more about Juan Nunez. Juan is if he's if if, if Wimbayama is your most exciting international player, then Juan Nunez has to be second. I mean, he is. Yeah. I mean, he's just fun to watch. All right, when mm-hmm. we return, we'll talk about a little bit more about Juan, who comes from the Real Madrid system. But yeah. let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for your football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. 
It is the fastest and the easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, once again, you're listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is your host, Rafael Barlow, with my guy, Xavier Van Lierup, reporting to you live from Amsterdam. All right, Juan Nunez. I first saw Juan play. You know, I can't even think of when the first time I saw him play. Maybe it was at the under. Did he play the under 18s two years ago or something like what? that? NGT? Maybe it was or whatever what? it was. I was just blown yeah, away judged. by his confidence, his flash, his flair. Like he was, he plays loose. He plays yep. like he's having fun. And one of the the things that is important when you have a player like that is you have to have the right coach that that lets you be creative, that lets you be you. Because it's like he's flashy, but he's like fundamentally flashy. Like, yeah. I mean, he'll make like a really crazy highlight pass, but at the same time, he just needs that, that he needs a long leash to be him. And yeah. um, I, I liked him a lot. Um, man, now, now it's bothering me. Where, where did I... Well, he it was for it was for the national team, so European I guess it was, maybe yeah. maybe on the nineteen on the nineteen World Cup. Yes, so maybe that was it. yeah. World and Cup. I mean, he's yeah. I it's maybe like a lazy comparison because he's Spanish, but he kind of <laughs> reminded me of like Ricky Rubio in a sense, to where like if you just look at the numbers, like you say, all right, mm-hmm. he averaged eight points a game, he shot like thirty eight percent. I'm just making up numbers here he didn't like <laughs> he doesn't impress you when you just look at the raw numbers but when you watch the game you see the yeah. impact that he has and in the passing and of course the flare and the flash so i'm I'm high on him but do you think he is a, an nba prospect or, or legitimate nba player or do you think he's a high level european prospect some people are really divided on it yeah well i think a high level european uh prospect but this guy, how he, he how he passes the ball and also the flashes, it, that is NBA. That is show, yeah. in my eyes. So maybe the maybe one NBA team or some NBA teams will take a chance on him. But you know the the physicality is also a problem. Um, the pace of the game, um, you know, his, his shot is a little bit. Mm, it's not consistent enough. But the way he's playing pick roll because the NBA is so pick roll heavy league. With High more spacing, IQ. yeah, more spacing. So, and how how this how this guy can just pass behind his back, uh, pass behind his head, uh, no look passes, dishes, alley oop passes. This will be this this will be a treat with bigger spacing, better players around him, more athletic players. The this set shot. Can, I just yeah. figured he just if he can just knock down the set shot and just be. Yeah. A 36, 37, 38% shooter that can, you know, he can make the play, but then when he's off the ball, just knocks down that open three, and then maybe down the line, yeah. the pull-up jumper and so on. But for yeah, the, the audience for the audience yeah, that him. does not know, can you give them a little bit of insight on on Um? Like this team had uh, Killian Hayes a few years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, Zugic and Nunez are teenagers. And yeah, it's not often that you see a team that's competing in a high league like the like the Euro Club giving two teenagers 
major minutes. So can you explain to the audience how significant it is that these two guys are playing a, a big role on a team that's, you know, that's playing uh, international competition? Yeah, I think Um has created this this really good system uh, where they can play or where they attract high level prospects that they give them pla- they give them a platform to play. Um, for now, I mean, like Honduras plays like eighteen minutes at Real Madrid. He's surrounded by, uh, you know, by by a lot of Sergio Yul, uh, Rudy Fernandez, like a lot of uh, high players. They, I will not necessarily say they. Uh, don't play to win, but they get a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of. For them, the wins are the youth that's playing very good. For example, Killian Hayes. They gave them when I watched uh, when I watched those games. They gave them a lot of confidence when he when he um, made some turnovers. The coach didn't sub him out. For example, in 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 a lot of pro teams, uh, pro teams need to win. They need to win. That's so sad. That, simple as that in in Europe. In Europe, uh, so if a youth player makes a I don't know makes a turnover or wrong decision, you you very quick to see that they get subbed out. Uh, um, uh, the coaches, uh, I think they hire the coaches also based on this. Um, give you uh, the chance to play. Uh, give give them a, give them a platform to play. Give them a platform to shine. Um, Get them on the radar. They play double competition. BBL also the BBL is not the strongest league in Europe, but it's a good league. It's a strong league. You play uh, you play against Bayern Munich and Alba Berlin and play against good players. But for the youth, is this very 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 good to develop? Yeah, it, it it makes it makes a lot of sense what you said, especially if I'm an agent. I think I may want to send my player to a team like that because, and I think we talked about it in the last episode. Because in Europe, there's like this window where guys disappear from like 19 through like 22, where yeah. they're, you know, they're they're stars on the youth level. Then they end up going to a good team and they're, you know, outside of the rotation. And so I think this situation with with Ulm is is giving two really good young prospects the opportunity to showcase their talent in front of NBA scouts. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had success as far as getting Killian Hayes drafted. Now there is some debates about how the team played better when he went down <laughs> because yeah. he did have so many opportunities to make mistakes and, and play mm-hmm. free, which was, is, yeah. is still kind of rare in Europe. But uh, I think the success of getting getting Killian drafted in the top ten probably played a role in, in them getting a couple younger guys, and it's a it's a team that I think is going to have quite a few young players going forward. All right, when yeah. we return, we'll talk about a few more prospects that X believes has NBA potential. Stay tuned. All right, once again, locked on NBA Big World Podcast, Rafael Barlow. We are talking with X Xavier. Welcome. I call him X. You may call him Xavier Van Lierup, who is an up-and-coming coach and scout based out of Amsterdam. One of the reasons why I wanted him to be a big part of this show is because he has a a lens from a, a coach. And coaches see the game a little bit different than just scouts. And so with, with his background in coaching and working with the national team, I feel like he would be an asset to to what we have going on here with with NBA Big Board. All right, who is the next prospect or two that you are high on that you believe has NBA potential? Um, how about Miro Little? 
So, uh, yeah, but he's going to school in the states. I, I know yeah, he's, he's going to school he's from, uh, uh, but he he's from Finland. He's from Finland. So, um, going to Baylor. Yeah, he's going to Baylor, but he, he plays at Sunrise now. But he, uh, actually, this this last season was the first season I, I knew of him. Um, I saw him at the AGT Helsinki Basketball Academy. Never heard of them. And after that, he played with the men's in the Eurobasket. Played was, well, uh, yeah. So he we were at really that well. same we were at that same tournament then. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember where it was that I went to four and then they, they all start to blend in. So that was that was in no that was in Greece, Patras, right? Yeah, yeah. He showed his he showcases his talents, man. His his uh, athleticism, his burst on the dribble, pick and roll reads. Yeah. There was so a I, time that a lot of uh, scouts I, talked about him. I got a story about that. So <laughs> I um. So my my wife is she was pregnant. So at the time I was going home for like ten days out of the month, and then going back to Europe. And I had I had a flight from Dallas to Istanbul, and then on my flight to Dallas to Istanbul I had like a layover, and uh, I'm I'm exhausted. So I'm I'm looking for my 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 gate, and then I see like this team, like a team, whole team in uniform, so on and so on. And so then I, I looked up and I was like, okay, this is my gate, and they're they're on the plane to Athens. So um sat down, and then I was asking, I said, are you, are you guys playing in the ANGT? And they're like, yeah. And so they're like, uh, you know, we're from Helsinki, yada, yada, yada. So right when I'm getting ready to get on the on the plane, uh, a guy who comes up to me in plain English, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no accent. And he says, Are are you are you here to to go to these next generation tournament? I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, uh yeah. He's like, yeah, I just uh, he said, Where are you from? I said, I live in Set up from the states, but I live in Dallas. And he says, "Oh yeah, I was just in Waco a few weeks back." So I'm like, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. He says, "Like yeah, I had a, I went on some visits. I went to Waco, and then I think he said he went to Indiana." So I'm like, okay, I'm like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Myro Little." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know who you are." <laughs> yeah. So we we ended up talking, and uh, he had a couple of impressive games. He had one game that was. Man, I I can't think of who they played, but it went to like double overtime, and he finished with like thirty seven points. And I mean, he hit every every tough jumper, pull up jumper, got to the basket. Yep. And uh, I mean, I have to look at my notes and, and figure out what he finished with. <laughs> but he did something after the game that was one of the most impressive things that I've seen. And I actually tweeted about it. It kind of went viral in, in Finland, and they had lost a tough game. I forgot who they played. It may have been the the next generation Patras team that was kind of had uh, players from different okay. parts of the um, and uh, and I remember thirty seven points. Well, maybe I'm not, but anyway, I think it was thirty seven points. Played a phenomenal game, went in the double overtime. He hit every big shot, and then after the game was over, I mean, it was like a tough loss. It wasn't like you know, I mean, it's like he's he's representing his his country in a sense. They lose the game, and after yeah. the game was over. He picked up every water bottle from behind Ooh, his team yeah. bench. He picked up yeah, every water yeah. bottle, put it individually, put them in the trash. <laughs> then they were, he put on such a show. Some of the kids were asking for autographs. He signed every single autograph. He shook hands with everybody. He told people, thank you for coming to watch him play. And it was like, on one hand, he's a competitor. So, you know, like yeah. if a guy is devastated after loss and kicking chairs or whatever like that. Some people may say he has a bad attitude. Some people may say, oh, well, that's his competitive fire. But for him, it just showed his character of, 
And I'm not saying like if you don't pick up the water bottles, you're a bad guy. But he just went above and beyond, cleaned up the bench. And it was like yeah. one of those things that stood out to me. It's like, all right, if he doesn't make it as an NBA player, he's going to impress somebody that enough to where they're going to put him on their staff as a coach or something like that. He just had this demeanor of a guy that's going to be very successful in basketball after his career is over because his character is mm-hmm. so high and, and, and such an impressive young man. So I know that was kind of like a long story in yeah. a sense, but tell the audience your thoughts on, on, on little and mm-hmm. how you think he'll, he'll play this year at sunrise and at Baylor. Uh, at sunrise, I think this guy will just dominate. He will be the main guy. Um, as uh, European experience, USA experience, pro experience, men's experience, um, hits tough shots, um, not a lot of turnovers, high IQ, uh, knows how to play pick and roll, can play what two guard, play on the point guard, play on the shooting guard. Um, my only concern is a little is, is size a little bit. Um, you know, he needs to be really strong beefy to make it to the league uh how tall is he 188 or 190 193 something not sure um but uh yeah i I think he he will uh make the league because he has the european experience goes to high school uh goes to baylor um after we'll get drafted probably first round yeah i I thought he was a Villanova guy. He just looked like a Villanova Jay Why? Wright guy. <laughs> Why? Because he just seemed like a, a he didn't have the flash and flair of your typical one and done. You know, Villanova guards are usually tough and kind of stocky and they just have a way of playing. They play off two feet and they're not like I don't want to say they're not interested, but they're not usually your one and done type guys. I mean, they're yeah. like guys that kind of fit into a system. They stay two to three years. I mean, you look at Jalen Brunson, you look at just mm-hmm. all the guys from, from Villanova and he just seemed like a Villanova type guy. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So when he went to Baylor, I, I, I mean, I live in Texas, so I, I kind of naturally root a little bit for the Texas team. So it, it'd be cool for him to go to Baylor. I can watch him play in person more, but I was shocked. I, w- I was actually kind of shocked that he went to Baylor. Uh, I think he's steady, man. I think that's something Scott Drew uh, looks for. Steady yeah. guard. Not not a lot of weird stuff. Not a lot of flashiness, but steady on the ball. And not that's, a lot of turnovers. And that's yeah. why I thought he was a Villanova guy. <laughs> Villanova guys are, yeah. are, are steady. All right, one more prospect. Who is the last prospect yeah. that you want to discuss? Uh, when you was in Amsterdam, we talked about this guy for a little bit, um, Hugo Gonzalez. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm high on Hugo. <laughs> yeah, you're high on Hugo. Yeah, so, um, well, why are you high on Hugo, actually? Like, I'm high on Hugo because I think he has good size. I think he's a good athlete, and he plays hard. Like, he plays – like, isn't his dad, like – doesn't his dad like have a significant role at Real Madrid or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about. Then never heard of. Him. Okay, I could be wrong. Uh, I yeah. could be wrong. I think somebody told me his dad is like the GM. Like again, I, well, if I'm wrong, I don't want to mm-hmm. put some about different out on the air that's not accurate. But he plays so hard. I mean, he's in, in the competition I've seen. He's usually more talented than the other players on the floor, but at the yeah. same time, he mixes that by playing so hard i mean he's like 
I mean, he plays like he's starving, like he's hungry <laughs> to make it, like he needs to feed his family with <laughs> his his checks. Yeah, and uh, the shooting is a question. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's, I mean, he's like, I wouldn't say he's a good shooter. I wouldn't even say he's a streaky shooter. I think he's kind of below streaky in a sense, but he's so aggressive where he'll make enough shots where you have to respect it. He gets yeah. to the foul line a lot. Uh, I thought I went to this under 16 tournament in Bassano and I thought he was the best player, but he got ejected in the championship yeah. game. What and do you he, thought about that? The ejection? Because I was like, this guy is not, uh, he might uh, be trouble. It just you know, depends on how talented player. you are. You know, I'm like, if, if Luca wasn't Luca and he was a role player, the way he's yelling at the yeah. refs and staring people down, people would say he's yeah. a hothead, but the talent. True kind of makes up for it i mean hugo's not luca by by any means but i i I think it's consistent with his competitiveness like he plays so hard um he can pass i think his passing is underrated so i think for him best case scenario is he's like this athletic wing especially in europe he's very athletic for you know in in europe yeah the athleticism won't stand out as much in the nba but he's athletic he can make plays out of pick and roll he can be a ball mover He's a transition finisher, and defensively, he's gonna give you his all and compete. He did okay first team USA in in the the, this summer. But he's not scared, man. He's not scared. He's not scared. That's what I'm saying. Like he has this, like 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 his family's dependent on it. But the concern is, and I've heard this from multiple scouts, and I'll get your opinion on this before we go. Some people feel like he's peaked. Like he's already as good mm-hmm. as he's going to be because his body's yeah. so much more mature. He's cut. He has muscles. He's yeah. been more athletic than everybody else. He's been bigger than other wings. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he's he's kind of peaked, or do you like? I mean, I've heard some people say there's guys on his team that are playing behind him that they think are going to be better long term. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think he's already peaked, but there's still some there's still some room to grow. Not a lot, but I mean, like his jumper, um, his uh, free throws, <laughs> free throws, his defense, um, his timing for rebounds. Um, you know, use his uh, wingspans, all those things. There's still room for growth, but not physically. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit physically, of course, when you go to the NBA. But um, you know, he will not grow a lot. He will not grow a lot more. So that's the thing for me but maybe play more on the ball i think yeah. his ball handling can could get any better um his you know off the ball off screens yeah. yeah space off the ball screens he's already he can do that already you know shooting off screens scrolling off screens be athletic play above the rim but maybe on the ball always can use some improvement using some playing some ice i know real madrid in the u they play a lot of isolations so be more on the ball, be more hands-on, be more of a leader, be more dis- uh, in the defensive rotations. Um, yeah, I think I, I think this season he practiced with the first team, so. Yeah, that's, that's, he, that's he big. He'll yeah. learn there. He, he, he played, so and you saw, he's not scared, man. He's not scared for, for, for anybody, not even his yeah. big player, so. Yeah, he's he's fearless. Well, man, thank you so yeah. much for for talking about some of your, your top international prospects. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I will be back on Monday with more content. 
But before you move on with your weekend, please check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. It is a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey, they're all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for the Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Rafael Barlow with my special guest, Xavier Van Lira, talking about some international prospects that you may see in the NBA in the very near future. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we are out.